Hot cunt. Hot cunt. Hot cunt. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Hot Cunt. Hot cunt. With me, Haley Hoff, your host and your friend of the internet or real life. Thank you for tuning back in on this gorgeous day. It is a sunny, 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 beautiful day in LA after a week of rain and gloom, which I loved, but the sun, she's doing her thing. She is giving me the vitamin D that is making me feel good. So, hallelujah to that. Um, Today is going to be a juicy, thick ep. Um, There is a lot to discuss on the the pop culture side of things. There is a lot to discuss on the pop culture side of things. (laughs) No, there's just been a lot um, that's been going on. And as a reality TV watcher, this, this week was juicy for things such as Bachelor in Paradise, Love is Blind Season 3, the final episodes coming out, plus the reunion. Um... Uh, we have we had Selena Gomez, Do- <laughs> Selena Gomez's doc, which I loved. We're gonna break that down. We have um, some news about internet folks. We have the unfortunate and tragic death of Aaron Carter to cover. We have a lot to talk about. Let's dive in. I mean, I hope wherever you are that the sun is permeating your skin the way it is for me right now. I don't know what day you're listening to this. I don't know what time you're listening to this, but close your eyes for a minute. And like at the beginning of a meditation, when they say like, take a deep breath, let the sun, imagine the sun or like a gold liquid enter on the top of your head and slowly trickle down through your whole body and bring ease and relaxation. That's the vibe I want for today. We're going to have a nice flow state of hot goss entering into your head. (laughs) All meditation practitioners around the world cringe at my saying, me taking that and making it about gossip. (laughs) It's what we're going to do today, folks. There's so much to talk about. I cannot wait. Okay, I'm doing a little dance. Let's get into it. Okay, do 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 do. We are diving straight into almost paradise. I won't sing the whole song this week. I did last week, but um, yeah, Bachelor in Paradise this week. My goodness, was it juicy? We had a lot go down, and we only had one episode, which was a bummer, right? It was for me, and um, you know, I. I'm going to try and not skip to the Rodney of it all right away, but um, Rodney, holy cow, I, my heart. But um, yeah, let's think about this. What went down? We had a um, big three-way, a big love triangle in two different couples. So I guess we had two big three-ways, love three-ways. What am I trying to, what's the word I'm trying to find? Um, triangular relationship? I guess a three-way is what I'm looking for. Um, the one was Eliza choosing between Justin and Rodney, and the other was Kate choosing between Logan and Hayden, which, crazy. Let's just discuss them first, because crazy. 
Kate has really been showing her colors lately. The last couple episodes, she's gone from kind of like whip smart seeming like sarcastic kind of charming girl to like maybe maniacal (laughs) or um, she's trying to give like main character energy a little too hard is opinion I'm getting, but I like, I'm hoping she redeems herself. There's still a part of me that's like rooting for Kate, but she keeps saying things that are so (laughs) off-putting that it's like, oh girl, it's hard to root for you. But she went on a date with Hayden and we all know Hayden from the last season as being awful. And I'm surprised they even brought him back onto this show at all. I don't know why they're trying to let him have a redemption story. Like, we don't need it from him. Go home and be with your dog who's dying, who you paid six figures for surgery for, that you won't shut up about. Like, why are you away from your dog? It, it makes no sense to me. All you're talking about is your damn dog. And like, yet you're on the beach? Why? Um, so yeah, Kate while she's on the date with him, she's like, he's not giving me anything but like bad vibes. Like she, she flat out says like, I made a mistake going on this date with him. And then, then he's like, well, I, I dropped six figures for my dog. And she's like, what? And her, like that, just like a dog, when you like say the word peanut butter and their ears like flick up and twist their head, that's what she did. And she's all of a sudden like, "Mm," dollar signs in her eyes. This might be my man. Um, and then she's all in her head. She's like going around the beach. And my favorite thing in the world that's ever come out of a bachelor person's mouth is my sister in Christ. I'm 33 (laughs) for all of us, 30 something year olds. I hope that we all use that forevermore. I have already been using it all week. So has my girlfriend. We're starting every sentence with my sister in Christ. (laughs) I don't know if Kate's actually a woman of God. I have a feeling she is because most of the people on this show are Christian, but regardless, it's a funny thing to say and I love it and good for her for like sticking to the same line over and over again, no matter how cringe it is, because that compilation that they gave us was so funny. Loved it. Long story short, Kate is in decision mode, trying to figure out like, Do I go with the asshole that's an idiot but has a lot of money, which we don't even know. We can't even confirm that he has a lot of money unless there was a conversation that we didn't see aired. It sounds like he, whatever, he sacrificed whatever he had. He might be in debt. You know, we don't know if he's got extra six figures laying around for his dog or if he was just down enough to do whatever he could to keep his dog alive and make it happen. And then he's, she's trying to decide between that and Logan, who she actually really likes and has a connection with, but she's like, he's young and he lives with two roommates and probably can't afford an Equinox gym membership. So what the fuck am I doing? And that's like, (laughs) it's so funny that she pulls out like the Equinox gym membership as a thing, because I am someone who's currently motivated to getting myself on a level where I can have an Equinox gym membership because I really want to work out there. So I kind of get it, but not really. I like, she's just showing her colors that she's like a capitalistic, like money chasing woman. And she does not want to date anyone who is lower than her class, lower than her earnings income. Like she is wanting to date up 
And as we all know, or maybe not everyone knows, but she works for the Oppenheim Group, or at least did. She just wasn't on Selling Sunset. But there's still probably a good... I mean, she clearly makes good money, and she wants more money um, from her man. So LOL about that scenario. And the way she, at the rose ceremony, chose Logan, but then was like, I need you to give me more. And Logan looked at her like a deer in the headlights, like okay like what like that was such a weird (laughs) manipulative and strange moment but funny to watch poor logan and this gets to the biggest news of the week for me actually regarding bachelor in paradise he logan goes on tiktok and i think i said this on the last episode when carrie was on and we were talking about logan she was saying she doesn't get it he's such a dud like why are all the girls fighting over him and I kind of had that same opinion until about two weeks ago when I looked at his Instagram and TikTok pages, Logan's, and they're so funny. And I was, and he's like so handsome in his photos and like how he dresses in real life. I was like, huh, he really is like serving two different modes. Like he must be a Gemini because he's got like the on on TV personality that we see, which is like derpy and kind of quiet and like, yeah, he's giving, like, chill surfer guy, but, like, stoned to a point of, like, are you okay? But then online, he's, like, really funny and confident and, yeah, funny being the main focus. Like, his TikTok he made this week was him um, showing his online or his TV girlfriend that he has money. And it's, like, him pulling up in his, like, Honda or his, like, Nissan, like, small car that's, like, not nice. And pulling out his Costco card and pulling out uh, he's like when I go to Chipotle I get extra guac and he's like doing this dance I'll I'll share it on my um, Instagram because it's so funny (laughs) it made me just like love Logan to death so anyways that's triangle love triangle number one she ended up choosing Logan but she wants him to make more money and she's not sure if like she can see her life with him because he still has roommates yada yada I think there is some truth to the fact that it's okay to like want, sorry, I'm just like, was ready to wrap it up. And then I was like, let me say something else. I think there, it is okay to like defend Kate in one, for one moment to be like, I want a certain lifestyle and I don't know if you can provide that. I think we can have values and expectations and like desires. I think there's just better ways to handle it. And I think when it comes to like the way she handled it, she ch- she showed her colors really clearly, which she was like, Hayden, I don't like it all. He's a red flag, but he's got money. So I'm going to give up the guy I like because I know that he has money. That shows that you're not actually like, you're not finding love for maybe the right reasons. Well, God, that opens up another whole question of like, we can get into that. We can break that down. But anyways, I digress. She's choosing Logan, which is a good choice for her. She's choosing the guy that she likes, even though he doesn't necessarily have the bankroll that she wants. And we'll see how it plays out. I'm really curious to see. I don't think they last long. I can't imagine they get engaged. That would be nuts. But if they do, I imagine they're the kind of couple that leaves paradise and breaks up quite quickly. She goes home to his apartment and sees his roommates and says, nope. So then the other love triangle is um, obviously Rodney and Justin Eliza. And this was the heartache of everyone in America's week, I think. It was brutal to watch. And I 
I just, part of me was like, Eliza, honey. And it wasn't that, it wasn't that she chose Justin that was so disappointing. I think it was just her kind of, I felt like she dragged it out. She was scared to make her decision. She kind of was playing the victim in the whole thing. Like when she was with each of the boys, she was like, I, this has been the hardest week. Like you guys don't understand. And both the guys were being so sweet about it being like, Oh, we know you're going through so much. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, how can I help you going through this tough week of choosing between me and another guy who's my good friend? Like, the guys, I feel like we're both stepping it up and really trying to hold space for her and be there for her. And she just kept being like, yeah, poor me, poor me. I empathize that it's a tough decision. I feel like I haven't been in this situation that similar, but I have been in something where I like, in college, I liked two boys at the same time and it was confusing and I like had to choose one. And I remember feeling a little bit lost in that decision. But so I empathize lightly you know like how I just plugged that in I'm like yeah I was a player in college (laughs) yeah right anyone that knows me knows that that's not true but all I all I'm saying that for is to I'm not trying to say that Eliza's a bad person I just think that she didn't she wasn't really speaking to what she actually I think knew the whole time which was that as soon as Justin came in she was team Justin And she was giggly and googly-eyed about Justin. And I think that she was just so scared of admitting to both herself, to Rodney, and to everyone on that beach, and to America watching at home, that she liked Justin more than Rodney because she knows how loved Rodney is. And she was scared. And she didn't want to want the wrong guy. Like, she knew that everyone was rooting for Rodney, and so she was scared to be... A disappointment to everybody and I think also probably she internalized that to some part being like what's wrong with me that I don't want the guy that everybody else loves and I imagine that's probably a tough thing to move through I get that I like wish she handled it better but I do understand that she was in a weird position where like she liked the guy that she knows not everybody else cares for all that much and didn't choose the guy that everyone is obsessed with. Basically the god of the Bachelor franchise. Rodney kind of has like a not god complex himself but like he the way he's looked at by everybody is kind of like he can do no wrong. He's America's sweetheart. Like why wouldn't you choose Rodney? What's wrong with you for choosing Rodney? And we've seen that play out online. Like people are being pretty intense about it and I'm trying to not participate in the dragging of Eliza I just am it's an interesting dynamic to witness because we I personally am someone that does love Rodney so much I mean hell the 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 Bachelor in Paradise um, fantasy football league that I'm in is called Queers for Rodney I made the title like I'm obsessed with Rodney Michaela and I joked about him being the sperm donor for our kids <laughs> Like, we love, hashtag love Rodney. So, um, yeah, but no shade to Eliza. I did I did empathize to an extent. I just, like, was ready for it to be over. I was ready for her to just stand up and say, you know what? I choose Justin. I know it in my heart. I'm going to stop crying. I'm going to stop doing this whole thing. And I'm going to get my ass in Baltimore and go date the guy that I want to be with. So, I did love how the whole beach fell apart when Rodney left. It was like how I think 
it was emblematic of how the entire nation was dealing with it. Everyone was like, no, we don't want Rodney to go home. And everyone seems to be united on Twitter and Instagram that if Rodney is not chosen for The Bachelor next, then we're done with this show. <laughs> they need to understand that Rodney is the kind of bachelor we want, not Zach. Come on. Like, just someone hit undo on Zach being bachelor and throw Rodney in. Like, that's that's what this franchise needs. Okay, other than that, Bachelor in Paradise updates are pretty... I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember what we covered last time, but um, big, big fight between Aaron and uh, Genevieve, which was difficult to watch, difficult to move through. Um, yeah, but I'm also... You know, it's so interesting online, like everyone is so quick to have their opinion about like who's a narcissist, who's sociopathic, who's a red flag, who's a walking red flag times 10 times 100. Aaron's getting a lot of flack for a lot of that. And most of it I agree with. I think that he did behave incredibly poorly, caused a really toxic fight there, but also Genevieve in her way also participated. And it's a cycle that, you know, a lot of us have been through. A lot of us have made those mistakes. It's got to be terrifying to make those mistakes and it be on the public stage for everyone to have opinions about. And I feel soft to that. I feel like whatever their relationship ends up to be, I just, um, I feel for them that like going through a fight like that on television is gotta be, um, hard, embarrassing and tough to move through and tough to watch back and tough to like imagine if they are still together and they are, in love and hopefully working on that stuff. It's got to be hard that the entire nation has like given a lot of feedback on it and being very anti it. And I also like, you know, if they are still together, I really hope that they are seeing how problematic that behavior was and they work on it now that they go to therapy and they figure it out together because it's just a communication error. It's just a big, big communication error. And not being there to understand each other. Instead, they are just trying to be right. And that's a mistake I think many people can relate to. And I feel for them. I think they are a good couple overall. I just hope that they like mature together and figure it out. While we're on that topic, let's jump over to the next show. I hope you've all watched Love is Blind because we have got to discuss. It was a crazy season. I thought at the beginning it wasn't that crazy compared to previous seasons, but that finale, the last couple episodes really yanked me out of my chair. It was, oh, it was good. It was good and it was bad. And it was um, basically all summarized beautifully in this one tweet. Let me see if I can find it real quick because... Um, sorry, please hold. I have to take a quick break to grab my cell phone to find this because it's so true. And here it is. Okay. <laughs> this is the tweet by, uh, by someone named Bebabs at Bebabs. Finishing a season of Love is Blind feels like finishing a McDonald's meal. Yes, it felt good at the time. Yes, my belly is technically full, but at what cost? <laughs> This one too. This is by at Filthy Han. Love is blind is crazy because the woman will be gorgeous, have a master's, own six properties, and be multilingual. And her fiance's last relationship was when he was 15 and he acts like she's repulsive. We all know who that's about. That is straight up 
what's going down with Bartiz and Nancy. Now, I am going to do spoilers here. So if you haven't watched the finale in the final two episodes or really watched it at all, maybe skip skip ahead a few minutes. Um, okay, Bartiz. We've got to talk about Bartiz and his little man puff bun thing that happens on his head. Um, he is interesting at the beginning. He's kind of charming. He's kind of goofy in a way that's like, oh, what a young, fun guy. And then <laughs> we see him over the season kind of turn into a major asshole and a major immature child, which is what he was like kind of proving himself not to be in the, um, excuse me, I just got a notification. I need to turn that off. Um, in the, in the pods, he was somehow able to convince Nancy that he was emotionally mature enough for her. And I think he kind of convinced everybody, even himself. And then we see him out of the pods and immediately it's like, absolutely not. This guy is a child and sorry, sipping my coffee and a rude child at that. So we don't love that for Bartise, but we do root for Nancy. And by we, I mean I, but I think also everybody. Nancy really won me over and was emotionally mature, kind, open-hearted, so loving, so ready to give it everything, give him everything, give it all. And like, yeah, she had her shit together, like in, in many more ways than just romantically. Like she was awesome and Bartise was not. And was rude to her and like made her feel less than and uh, the way that relationship came to a close on the show was intense. It was like, okay, I'm glad that they said no. I am. I'm glad that he said no because I think, and not that it's my business to be saying this, but I just think that Nancy could be doing better and like that relationship wouldn't have been what she's A, deserving of, or B, looking for. I think she would have been let down by him over and over and over again. And so even though she was excited to marry him, I feel glad that they didn't get married. Now, he handled that like an asshole. Like, from the second he said no, he was like, do you want to go talk about this outside? And then, like, (laughs) that's not even a good impression. Like, he said it, like, rude and patronizingly. And then they go outside, and he's like, ew, just the way he was talking to her was just gross and it shows that he doesn't handle conflict in a way that's respectful at all and her family is like getting all hot and bothered and trying to fight him and ugh, the whole thing was chaotic but incredibly good tv <laughs> and i'm just glad that nancy is free of him and bartice apparently was like on, moving on with a new girl the very next day as we learn in the reunion so whatever um Zenob and Cole, they're the other couple that really have the internet talking and um, America talking. I like how I keep going back to the internet and America, like (laughs) the two different audiences, but it's the same thing. But um, yeah, lots to say about Zenob and Cole because they were kind of a train wreck in multiple different directions, but the way it played out in the end felt pretty egregious in in the way that Zenob attacked Cole on the altar. And then again at the reunion, in the way all the other women kind of jumped on Cole, it felt like a little too much. I think that he did deserve 
to be held accountable. He should learn from how he treated her and not do it again, because there was some moments where he absolutely didn't treat her well. Just in the way that, like, it was clear he was more attracted to Colleen. It was clear that he probably should have been with Colleen. I think him and Colleen would have been a great couple, whether they would have lasted or not, I don't know. But, like, Zeneb was not his type. And I mean that not just physically. Like, I think he saw something there, but... And felt like maybe it was the right thing for him to do to go that direction. But then... Um it wasn't working and they both weren't working for each other. And they both were like forcing this thing that felt so like palpably wrong. And I think they both were in that they were like drowning. They were like treading water and trying to figure out how to be together. And in that process, they were treating each other poorly. Michaela said this, that she said that she thinks that Cole was mistreating Zeneb because he was not attracted to her and he was struggling with that. He didn't feel like he could tell her that. So instead he was being like passive aggressive and manipulative in these other ways because he was struggling in, I'm butchering the way she said it, which was much more eloquent, but I think that makes sense. That idea comes across as like, he didn't know how to deal with the fact that he wasn't attracted to her. So he like was being kind of childish and like, just because he wasn't communicating, he was being beating around the bush, but doing it in a really nasty way. And of course that beat her down and made her feel manipulated and made her feel judged and unloved. And that's, that's complicated and hard. And I feel for both of them in that dynamic. And she also seems to be doing some like controlling behavior with him or like nagging behavior. That was a lot. And she had like, it seems like she has pretty intense boundaries that she was getting crossed by Cole a lot, but she wasn't communicating that she was just instead snapping at him and then shutting down. Like you could see her like shutting down on the show and then they would fight from there. And it was just like, both of them need to sit down and just have a real conversation of what they're feeling and stop doing this awkward dance around each other and then beating each other up. It felt like she wanted her moment. She like took all of her pain from the whole month of the process and waited to drag him all at once at the altar. And that felt harsh. I mean, I, I believe that Cole needed to be held accountable, but I do not believe that she needed to like do it like that. That was intense and I felt for him and especially the way he showed up at the reunion. He wasn't looking great. He looked pretty beaten down and I don't want to say insecure, but like shallow in a shell of a person. And um, I don't know. I think that I wish they both could just learn how to communicate better and have a real conversation and do it off TV and learn from this because I think they're both now like vindicated in these other ways. Um, And it'll be interesting to see how it translates to their next relationship, like this damage is going to be a huge chip on their shoulders, I think going forward. And that's not good. So yeah. Then Matt and Colleen, this is where I wanted to transition to, which was um, speaking of couples that need to go to therapy together, such as um, Aaron and Genevieve from bachelor. I think Matt and Colleen need need that as well. Matt is clearly bringing a lot of fear into this relationship and is being quite controlling and scary in his moments of fear 
because of that. He's really scared of getting hurt again. And so he's trying to control the space, control Colleen, control the whole scenario so that he doesn't get hurt again. And it's like he's gripping so tight. And Colleen is like, seems like she's maybe never been in a relationship, like a real one. Um, And she just wants that so bad that she's like excited to be with him. And also kind of like, um, I don't want to say like not thoughtful, but there's just some moments where she's not. No, I don't know. I don't know if I stand by that. I think that they just have a dynamic that she's kind of at his will to some extent But the internet is going crazy calling him an abuser and like how toxic it is and how scary he is. And I do, upon reflection, see what a lot of that is about. I can see how he is giving off behavior that is scary and red flaggy. And also, again, I don't like to jump to conclusions about these couples of like, oh, he's an abuser already. And like, she's begging to get out of this relationship and she's trapped and we should be concerned about her. I think that there's truth to what we're seeing is that like he, he needs to do some growing. He needs to let his walls down. He needs to learn how to be vulnerable. He needs to learn how to accept her as her own sovereign human being and not his property and vice versa. Like they both need to do some growing in that regard. And it was really weird seeing them at the reunion, like, his body was kind of really close and hovering over her and she looked very scared. And I think that that was because the pool scenario that got brought up when the hosts brought up the thing that caused their huge fight, of course she freaks out like, Oh God, we're going to fight about this again. And I feel for her. That's gotta be scary. It's gotta be hard to live in fear in your partnership and to do that on TV. Again, I just like empathize with these people that are moving through like tough relational issues and doing it (laughs) on the public stage. Um, But I hope that they're okay. And I hope that they are seeing everyone's feedback online and taking it to heart and getting help. I hope that they, yeah, don't see it and just like retaliate and like deny that there's anything wrong. I hope that they see it and they sit with it and they say, okay, how can we learn? (laughs) I feel like I'm playing this like role today of like, really analyzing people's relationships, which is clearly the mood I'm in today. So love that. Um, uh, Raven, Raven and SK. Raven really, I did not like her for a while. Like she really turned me off. And I think the jumping jacks moment was where that really came to light for sure. But I, the whole first few episodes, I didn't like her. And then she really had a an arc for me, a story arc that made me root for her. And towards the end, especially the wedding day episode, I was like really rooting for her and thought she was handling everything really well with the cultural stuff and his family and her family not being there and all these things. I feel like she all of a sudden was like very mature and handling everything really well. And even when he ended up saying no... She handled it with such grace, I thought. And I really wanted to go and hug her. I was like wanting to jump through the TV screen and give her a hug and be there for her, which was funny to feel. Um, And let's talk about the real MVP of the season is SK's mom. Ugh. 
Man, doesn't she give off good energy. I would love a hug from SK's mom. I think that she was just beautiful. She was graceful. She was warm to both Raven and her son. Treated Raven like her own daughter already. And I loved the way she came back into the room to check on her. And yeah, just a really beautiful moment that we got to witness there. And and then the big twist for the reunion is that Raven and SK are still together. And we love, I think they are a couple that can actually like go pretty far. And I think the, they made the right call to not get married, but to just date and see if they can make this long distance thing work. I love it. And I'm excited to kind of see what happens for them in the future. Um, and yeah, my final note is I will be cheering on Nancy from the sidelines. I love Nancy. I want to see her get a great guy and be happy. And I don't mean to brush over, um, oh God, what are their names? Alexa and Brennan, but they were just like solid from the beginning. And I love that they said yes. And I love them for them. They're great. And Alexa's dad is handsome and great and yeah, they're all good. They're they're flying away into the stars, and we're here for it. Also, fun fact, um, Love is Blind season two and season three filmed at the exact same time. So that was filmed a year and a half ago, which is interesting to think about it, because all those couples that have been married have been married now for a year and a half. Um, and for, like, the Cole and Zenob situation... Cole showed up to that reunion looking haggard as hell. And does that mean he's, like, been struggling for the last year and a half? Like, what's been going on? Like, that timeline really shakes things up for me. So very interesting about that. Okay. Going to take a quick break, and then we'll come right back with some more pop culture hot cont. Okay, we are getting back into it with some Selena gossip. Crack your knuckles. Oh, <laughs> I just tried and it was a dud. Um, okay, Selena documentary. Me, myself, and or me in my mind. Shoot, I shouldn't say what the title is because I can't even remember, but I loved it. Um, I've always been a Selena fan, but I've never paid a ton of attention to her. But whenever I do see her or like hear a little thing about her, I really like her and I find her really charming and just this way that's like she seems humble and real and sweet. Like she genuinely seems like a kind person and yeah, and I think the the doc really kind of peered into what she's going through and man, it made me feel for her because she seems like in a lot of ways that she just doesn't want to be famous anymore and is having to dance around that because she's aware that her platform allows her to do other things that she wants, which is philanthropy. And like, you know, she has all these things that she wants to do, but at the same time, like doesn't want to be famous. And I mean, we see that with so many people that grow up famous. And I just worry about all the people that grow up famous as kids, because that is a struggle for all of them. It's like, okay, they feel like they can't be 
what's the word I'm looking for? Ungrateful, or you know, they they want to get out of the limelight. They want to get out of this world. But whenever they say that, people are like, "Oh, you're ungrateful." And we saw that play out in this doc. Like her friend Raquel was like, "You're being really ungrateful right now," and it seems like you're like really, yeah, ungrateful. And it's like. <sighs> I think it's okay to be at a point where you're like, this isn't working for me anymore. And I think we should allow stars, famous people to say that more often and give them the out because if not, they all end up like, unfortunately, I hate to do this, but like Aaron Carter and like Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears and every other child star that's grown up to become a drug addict or like, struggle with severe mental health issues and yeah drinking problems suicide whatever it is it's so common and like i hate that we don't allow these people to kind of return to some sort of normalcy and selena i think is struggling with that at least that was my takeaway from the show but she feels like the things that she really wants to do she can only really do if she has the money and the platform to help raise awareness, which she has. And so she's like, I can't give it up because if I give it up, then I can't do the philanthropy. And that's my main life goal. And I just feel for her. But she's also like just such a massive talent and creator. I mean, I was thinking about since this documentary has come out, she's been in two seasons of that show, um, Only Murders in the Building. And she's had four seasons of Selena and Chef, which is her cooking show on HBO, which is great, by the way. And um, yeah, she's making new music. She's on other people's songs, which the new one right now, Calm, I Love, you know, and she's got her whole rare beauty line. She's got so much going on that it's so crazy to wrap our head around, like, just since that documentary was filmed, which I think was two years ago, she has, since the pandemic, done all of that and is just so busy all the time. On top of it, she's like going to the White House and doing the things she said she wanted to do, trying to get that bill passed for mental health or like emotional education in schools. I'm just impressed with her. Like what level of output she is creating requires an army and she's doing it all while having lupus and severe bipolar mental health issues and like struggles and I know what it feels like to have my mental health issues and I struggle to like make it through the day without having an internal like I feel like I'm going to explode on the inside because my mind is so crazy and like can be so dark so for her to be doing that on top of being so public and like the world wanting a piece of her at every moment and having paparazzi everywhere she goes and having to like run what's essentially multiple businesses and be a star and be an actor and be a singer. And like, I just, I have so much respect. It's so crazy. And I don't know, at the end of the day, I really like her. I think that the documentary showed a lot of sides to her that, don't always get seen like when she was back at home visiting her neighborhood and all the people who she's like still close with and her with her cousin I just loved it and if you haven't seen it I would recommend watching it it's on Apple TV and also vulnerable for her to like share the actual words from her journal that are like kind of the thing that ties the whole thing together 
Um, I imagine myself like ever inviting a production team to look through my journal and make a documentary out of it. What a, what a vulnerable thing to do. You, I mean, I can't even imagine. And then at the very end, it also shows the song that came out called the same thing. Um, the single, I think it's myself, me, myself and my mind. Why can't I remember what it's called? Oh, well, they said that they just, they, they wrote those lyrics out of her journal entries. So that's yeah. Raw baby. Selena goes hard. Um, and I just wanted to be okay. I wanted to be happy. And, um, well, there was something else I was just going to say about her. Well, it's gone. Oh, <laughs> my takeaway was um, I need to learn more about lupus because I might, I have similar symptoms. Um, so if anyone listening knows much about lupus, I would like to chat with you. Please reach out. Um, not to like, I'm saying that kind of jokingly that I think I have it. Um, and also not. I, um, gosh, I don't know if I should like go too far on this subject. So I'll just leave it there. I, I don't mean to like be that kind of hypochondriac and just like make it about me. But I um, I struggle with a lot of similar symptoms that she has. And I've looked into it before. And when I've read about it before, I've always thought I should get checked for lupus. So that being said, um, <laughs> doctors, give me a call. Um, okay. Aaron Carter, we, I brought it up and we don't need to spend a lot of time here. I just want to shout him out and send love to his family and his, his fellow 30 year old, uh, to all my fellow 30 year old millennial, um, friends, fans. I didn't, ugh, I'm having a brain fart, a big brain fart. Let me start over to all the friends and family of Aaron Carter, to all the millennials out there like me who grew up loving Aaron Carter. This shout out is for you. May we remember the sweet boy with the big brown eyes and the cute blonde spiky hair that was in our hearts, you know, dribbling basketballs with Shaq, having a house party, dating Lizzie McGuire, all the things that feel nostalgic AF for my heart and give him a little kiss because boy, that boy, he was so sweet. And, you know, he was, he was 1998's um, Justin Bieber. And you all know how I feel about Justin Bieber. That's how I felt about Aaron Carter in the day. I remember my friend Cassie as a kid. It was my eighth birthday. Or no, it was my ninth birthday. So it must have been 1999. She gave me the Aaron Carter CD. And it was my birthday party at my parents' house. And we just played the CD, I think, for like three hours straight. And we were running circles around my house. Like literally we built this like uh, lap course. And we were like jumping off of a little trampoline. Or like, what's the word I'm talking about? Like a, not a jungle gym, like whatever that we had like little like stations where you'd like run and jump over this thing and then like slide under this thing and do a little dance over here (laughs) all to Aaron Carter's CD literally for hours. And I remember that night saying, I don't want to turn nine. I just want to be eight forever and like do this forever. I love Aaron Carter and I love Cassie because she gave me the Aaron Carter CD. And like, this is it. Like I was blissed out in that moment and I've never forgotten it. And I have Aaron Carter and Cassie 
to thank for that. <laughs> so shout out Cassie. I doubt you listen, but if you do, this one's for you and to Aaron Carter. May you rest easy, brother. I know that the ending was not sweet for you and I feel sad for that. But thank you for all the love you gave all of us young girls who adored you for so long. Okay, wow, that took a turn. I really went in on Aaron Carter, but um, I actually, one more thing on Aaron Carter. We were at a bar on Sunday and the guy that was ordering a drink before us was talking, telling some crazy story to the bartender. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. You can keep talking. Like, I'll just order my michelada. You keep going. And so he he keeps going, but he like talks to us instead. And he was saying that he was on the call. He works for Entertainment Tonight. And he got the call. He was one of the first people to know that Aaron Carter died. He had to go. He's like the production manager or something for whenever they film stuff. So he had to go to Aaron Carter's house right away. And he got there like when the FBI got there and all these things were happening. And he was telling us some juicy and de- pretty devastating details about the whole thing. Um, but that was crazy because we heard that, like, I felt like we were first to hear a lot of the juice about it through this guy. And I was like, what a crazy job, like entertainment tonight. Like he said that anytime any celebrity has any sort of drama that he gets called and he has to like drop what he's doing to go be wherever they are. And he said a lot of times it's their death calls. And I was like, man, I hadn't even considered that. That's so heavy and sad. And like, also what a weird thing for like him to be there while the FBI is like checking out the scenario. He's just like setting up for the cameras. I guess that's not weird. I guess I should realize that that's happening all the time everywhere, especially in this city. But interesting that we ran into him at a bar and that he told us the whole details and it made me very sad. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We got to move on. Otherwise I'm not going to be okay. (laughs) Okay. Last but not least, this topic is infuriating, but I'm just going to end it here. Elon Musk and Twitter. What do we do? I'm posing this as a question because (sighs) he's officially been running Twitter now for probably a week, maybe a little more. And he has essentially let go of half of the employees, which is thousands of people, and um, is changing rules left and right, changing things left and right, tweeting the most obscure things, like a million miles an hour, just tweeting like crazy. And I'm really not sure if I want to be on the platform anymore. Um, I almost deleted it right away when he when he took it over. But then I started seeing a lot of tweets being like, don't delete Twitter. Just because he's here, it people were comparing it to like when Trump became president, and Democrats were saying they were going to leave the country. They were like, don't move to Canada, like stay here, we need people to like fight on the ground. And like, if you leave, then they're getting what they want kind of idea. And people are saying that about Twitter. Like if, if everyone that's like liberal and progressive leaves Twitter, then like, that's kind of what Elon wants. Once I said that weird. Um, and I was like, God, is it really like that serious? Like, can I just leave? And then I also was like, well, I love Twitter. I love Twitter. I'm on it all the time. I like think it's so funny on on there. But I also was like, you know what, this is a good excuse for me to get off of a social media platform. I'm always looking for an excuse to get off of one. And I always convince myself not to, which is stupid. But um, 
yeah, so now I've been doing this dance for the last week of like, should I stay? Should I go? Should I stay? Should I go? And more and more I'm thinking I should go because I just don't like what I'm seeing. Um, But I also do kind of identify with that discourse of like, well, I do feel like maybe it's interesting to stay and see what happens and like not just leave because it's him taking over. It's hard for me to have this conversation one-sided because I really want feedback on it. So maybe I'll just end it there and pick it up another time with another guest. But for now, if you have feelings about this, please send me a message, DM me, email me, whatever, because I really don't know what to do about it. And it's like not a big deal. And also at the same time, I'm like clearly struggling enough that it's something I'm talking about here. So let's discuss Twitter and how we go forward with that platform and um for now that's gonna do it for the um for the hot cont of the week that's the gossip headlines that i have and i feel like we really moved through a lot there so okay this has been mad real my friends my dogs let's go forward into this next week i hope with the same sunny feeling that i started this with i hope your body feels warm gooey relaxed fulfilled healthy, energetic, joyous. Let's step into this next week, these next days, and bring that energy everywhere we go. I'm thinking about all of you, all of my, um, I think I have like 50 listeners per ep, some more. Some have gotten up to 100, which is amazing. Uh, So thank you to every single one of you who's listening. This has been a fun journey. I can't wait to keep doing it. I keep saying that every week, but it's true. I really feel that way. So um, I can't wait to answer your questions. That'll be next ep. Okay, much love, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to Hot Cont. I will see you on the internet. Oh, and on that note, I made an Instagram for Hot Cont. It's called, it's at Hot Cont Pod, P-O-D. Find me there, follow me there. I'm making memes, I'm posting clips, I'm doing it all. So let's hang out on the internet. XOXO, much love, bye.